Hello, welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. Today I will be reading from the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke, forward by Don Piper. Near death experiences, God's promises, and the exhilarating future that awaits you. Let's get started. Talk normally. When Sama decided to return, Jesus said, Colloquia Dili in her native tongue. Okay, see you soon. Kaleida found him speaking to her in Arabic in a conversational way. He didn't preach to me. He was just talking to me like another person, but with a beautiful and strong voice. It was revealed to me that he is truly the son of God and that he had died on the cross. I also knew that he is a father and I was his daughter and his chosen one. All the pain in my life he had already knew about and he was already pleased with me. I knew that all is forgiven by the blood of Jesus. I was begging him not to leave me there. I need you, I told him, not wanting to ever be without him again. And he said to me, Arabic, I'm going to come back and get you. During Vicky's life review, Jesus showed her a scene where in a fit of jealousy, Vicky had ripped off the buttons and all the lace from a fancy dress of another blind castmate. This is a conversation. Vicky says, It was like, you know, I could feel from Jesus his understanding and, combat and compassion about how I felt the way and why I did it. But, you know, it was sort of like he talked to me during that time. He says, yeah, that wasn't too cool. <laughs> Really? Vicky says, the thought that came into my mind that he was giving me was, yeah, that wasn't too cool. The interviewer asked Vicky, you're not kidding me? Vicky, no, that's exactly what he said. One with God. The intimacy of love God has for us is hard to comprehend. The only comparison comes by analogy. The connection we feel with the best friend, the oneness we want with a spouse, our tender love and desire for our children, and yet there's an intimacy that we seek with each other that always eludes us. We can never be as close, as intimate, or as one with another person as our souls crave. That's because the oneness we crave will only be found when we are united by God with God. God likens it to his own marriage to all of us together. The time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb and his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linens to wear. For the fine linens represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine that day. That is just going to be so cool. Can you imagine that? Back to the story. Many near-death experiencers talk about this oneness they experience in heaven. It's not surprising that even those who do not believe would experience this because in him, we live and move and have our own being right now. The sun is 
is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The unity talked about in Eastern worldviews probably comes from the underlying truth that all is sustained by him and intended to be unified in him, yet also remain distinct. Maybe near-death experiencers reality as it is now and is meant to be forever. The That only happens through a unity with God that Jesus prayed for the night before he was crucified. And as his prayer indicates, this ultimate unity still requires a choice. I am praying for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are. One, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me, Father. I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can all see the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Listen to the ecstasy near-death experiencers describe from tasting this unity God intended. One of the most fascinating things I experienced was being connected to everything there at the same moment. Because of this, I came to understanding life in heaven fast. It is like the electricity that connects power to run anything that needs electric energy here. It is like our computer system that is connected to the internet, which connects us to every computer in the world. God connects every one of his creations together. Sama described what oneness and intimacy means. Being with him in heaven, though, made me one with him in a way I could never have imagined. I thought what he thought. I dreamed what he dreamed. I felt what he felt. Dr. Eby describes an intimacy that's hard to convey. This will be hard for people on earth to understand, but I was instantly in Messiah in him. I knew I was me, and yet I was in Messiah. His love is in a different dimension than our idea of love. There is no question of his love. We are in him and he is in us, yet we don't lose our identity. What if we were created for an intimacy, a oneness with God and each other beyond all of our finite human intimacies? Imagine it if you can. The angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding and the supper of the lamb. It will be the greatest party ever thrown in the universe when all who love God are united in him forever. Isaiah describes that party. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples. That sheet that covers all nations, he will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace 
from all the earth. Isaiah 25. Imagine the joy and ecstasy of being united with the highlight of heaven. At the age of five, Mary Olivia didn't want to leave the one called the man in heaven. His love was so warm, accepting, understanding, being with someone who just knew. Knew you inside and out and outside down. It's like the closest you could ever be to being one with someone. It was a feeling of oneness. I don't have the words. Imagine an intimacy and oneness that trumps all the other relational intimacies, unites all people, and takes away all mourning, crying and pain of the past. It's coming. But then, why not take it away now? Why did Mary Olivia have to come back and face the struggles of being a single mother with three children, then we have to battle through a seemingly hopeless terminal illness. Why does God allow all our current mourning, crying, and pain? There is a reason, and that's what we will explore next. No more mourning, crying, or pain. Before her near-death experience, the concept of God as a loving father made no sense to Crystal. Why didn't he protect her at the age of three when the sexual abuse began? Why did he let other men abuse her continuously if he loved her? Why would he allow all the pain and suffering and chaos from her father leaving, an abusive stepfather, and a partying mother who left her with questionable company? By age nine, Doubts about God's love or existence had a stranglehold, but something about Jesus sounded different to young Crystal. The fact that Jesus was human appealed to Crystal, as well as the fact that he had died on the cross for her sins to save her. As Crystal grew to love Jesus, she yearned to be closer to him. So at the age of nine, she told her mother she wanted to be baptized. She wanted to feel clean after her baptism she recalls, I felt like my soul had been scrubbed. Unfortunately, the feeling didn't last because the abuse continued. Crystal had expected to be saved from the abuse that was happening in the present. As Crystal entered her teen years, all this shame and their hurt and anger felt like her identity. She blamed herself for the abuse. When her mom got back together with her abusive stepfather, she felt rejected. If her mom chose a violent ex-husband over her, she felt she must be worthless, so she decided to act that way. At age 16, she got involved with a 22-year-old man and started partying. She and her mom fought constantly until finally her mom kicked her out. Crystal lived in her car for months until her dad rescued her. Later that year, she unsuccessfully tried to kill herself. She got pregnant at 17. She had the baby. Two years later, she got pregnant again and this time had an abortion. She felt unforgivable. She had affairs with married men and broke up marriages. She married a guy who had a worse past than she did. They had two kids, but then divorced when his constant drunkenness and drug abuse turned him abusive. Several years later, 
A guy Crystal was dating came to take JP, her six-year-old son, for a ride on his motorcycle. Crystal said no, but when she went inside to check on another child, he took JP riding anyway. He crashed into a truck and almost killed her son. JP survived being thrown from a motorcycle and wedged into a truck's wheel well but not without brainstem damage that required four months of inpatient therapy. As if that weren't enough, at the age of 33, Crystal went to the hospital for pancreatitis. Due to the complications, she died for nine minutes and found herself in heaven. I was instantly aware of two beings in front of me to my left, and I knew right away who they were. They were angels. But they weren't just any angels. They were my angels. I recognized them immediately. She knew her angels were there to greet her and guide her back home. As she stood in front of them, an immense love for these beings swept through her. The angels felt like the closest friend she could ever have. Crystal remembers as if they had been by my side for every tear I had ever cried, every decision I had ever made. Every day I felt lonely. She felt an immediate connection, a sense of deep communication with them and a complete lack of shame, secrets, misunderstandings, or negativity. Instead, There was only a deep, beautiful, sustaining sense of knowing. Crystal also sensed another profusion of brightness coming from a being on the right, whom she knew without a doubt was God. She was immediately overcome with a profound, persistent desire to praise and worship him. Although she had always referred to God as a him, she understood in that moment that God was neither a him nor a her, but simply God. She also understood that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were all in one. The one before me now, she says. I'd spent my life doubting his his existence and disbelieving his love for me. But in that instant, I knew God had always, always been there, right there with me. There was another sensation, a sensation that I wasn't just aware of God. I was feeling him. His radiance wasn't simply something I could observe. It was something that overwhelmed every sense I had. In heaven, we don't have just five senses. We have a ton of senses. That is what I experienced in the presence of God, a beautiful new way of receiving and sending love. I was completely infused by God's brightness and his love, and I wanted to enter his brightness and intertwine myself completely with it. I felt a miraculous closeness to God, but wanted to feel even closer. Crystal always assumed her experience of heaven would be different. She had imagined herself asking God a barrage of questions like, for example, he had allowed her to be molested as a child, or how he allowed brutality against children or starvation or cruelty against the weak. Crystal says, I wanted to know why he didn't love me or why he lets bad things happen. And yet as I stood in front of him and I faced him and I fell on my knees and I raised my hand, the question I called out to him was, why didn't I do more for you? Because in an instant he revealed his true self to me 
which is love. I had never truly worshipped God ever in my entire life, but I fell in front of him and I worshipped him. And as I lay there in worship in all of this creator, I remember saying, I could worship you for eternity. In heaven, Crystal's questions had been answered before she had even asked them. In God's presence, Crystal understood God's plan as perfect. She readily admits that back on earth, she can't explain it all. Instead, she believes that we aren't meant to comprehend on earth what we will understand in heaven. All I can tell you, she says, is that I know God's plan is perfect. In his radiance, it all makes perfect, perfect sense. God suffers. God suffers with us. That single statement can profoundly change how you view suffering. Even though God has a plan that will only one day make perfect sense when we know fully, even as we are fully known, that doesn't make it feel better now. Yet God is not indifferent when this cruel, evil world stabs us with pain. David said, you keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. God keeps records because all our loss and sufferings will one day be restored in heaven. Job went through horrific suffering, lost everything. All 10 of his children were killed. He had all kinds of questions he demanded to ask of God. But when he saw God, he too had no questions. Like Crystal, Job discovered that seeing God somehow answers everything. But God said he would restore all Job lost twofold. As Steve Stroop pointed out, Job got twice the sheep and cattle and possessions, but only had 10 more children. In heaven, though, he will have 20. Nothing is lost when heaven is your destination. When we suffer, God suffers with us. In all their suffering, he also suffered, and he personally rescued them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. Paul was persecuting Christians, yet Jesus asked him, Why are you persecuting me? Jesus feels our pain. He tells us on the final day, God will say, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. When? They will ask. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. God enters into our suffering with us in a very personal way. And even though he allows it for a time, he does so for a purpose. I will never forget the horrible high-pitched squeal I was sitting on the couch as I watched from the corner of my eye. My five-year-old daughter was passing through a doorway on my wife's shoulders, grabbed the frame, and toppled backward head first onto the tile. It was excruciating hearing her in pain as I ran and held her. At the hospital, they had to inject dye into her veins to do a CT scan. It really hurt her, and I hurt with her. But I'll never forget how it felt when they said they'd need to inject her again. The doctors feared she might be bleeding under the skull and told us that if pressure built up, it could kill our little girl. My daughter fought and screamed 
for them not to hurt her again with the needle in order to inject the dye. The doctor looked at me and said, Dad, you have to hold her down. As I held her down, Ashley looked into my eyes, crying and pleading, Daddy, don't let them hurt me. No, stop them, Daddy. Why are you doing this to me, Daddy? They're hurting me. She was crying, I was crying, and it killed me to look into her pleading eyes knowing I could not stop the doctors. But for her long-term safety, she had to go through this. If I didn't allow this temporary suffering, it could mean something much worse. But I suffered too. Maybe that's how God suffers with us. He knows this is necessary for a while because he knows of greater dangers but it doesn't mean it's easy for him. The only way he can allow it is he already knows and simultaneously experiences the joy of the day when he will remove it forever. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. God enters our suffering to lead us through it to the other side. Until next time, God bless everyone.